Hi, and welcome to We Need to Talk podcast, where I, Misha, and my ex-husband, Ben, discuss matters that relate to our separation and divorce, parenting, co-parenting, relationship dynamics, new dating experiences, and all things related to healthy, stable, respectful relationships. We really hope that you enjoy and take value in the topics that we cover and we look forward to connecting with you. Time coming. Yep. Mm. So we need to talk. Yeah, we do need to talk. So why? Why why sort of I guess um why the podcast and why would we call it such a thing? Yeah, and why now? Mm. Um, well, I will go first. Um, well, my thing with it is that I get into conversations or attract people who are very interested in or surprised that we do have such a good and healthy, supportive relationship. And over time, I just felt it would be, plus obviously we talk when we get, do get to talk, we do talk in depth and we know how beneficial it is for us that that conversation obviously could definitely help someone else if they were to be a part of it or hear it. So my intention with wanting to start it and now as well is because I feel like we have gone on a massive journey together to be in a very healthy space, to be able to talk about a full range of topics for, for relationships, parenting, um, marriage, separation, all that stuff and everything in between um, to come from a place of, I guess, like a deeper understanding for each other to then have the space to be able to share that with other people instead of just in conversation, one-off or here and there kind of when we meet someone Um, first time or something like that so we can actually I guess in hope that obviously our conversations together would hopefully help someone else who either is about to go through separation or is going through separation or has gone through separation or any other of the topics that we talk about in connection to relationship dynamics um, that will help their journey and their experience a little bit more. Definitely. Um and I think for me, first of all, like the name and the, the play on words, you know, like we need to talk. One, what we've clearly come to to realise, you a lot sooner than me, obviously, is that that communication is a need. So it's, um, you know, it's a need if you are hoping your relationship, you know, will succeed and, and flourish. But, in, you know, just, just as importantly, it's a need if you've gone through separation and especially having kids and co-parenting, you know, the, the communication is such a need. And I guess then obviously the, the, the play on words is, you know, like we need to talk is how a lot of, you know, the the stereotypical way that, you know, that, that final talk of the relationship ending when in reality, like if maybe if you'd talked a bit more during the relationship, it may not have had to come to that in the first place. Um, mm. I definitely agree, like like you're saying in terms of, Hopefully when we do, you know, there's so many in-depth conversations that we have that if we can have them in this format that hopefully then they can be passed on to help others who are maybe going through similar similar circumstances, similar, you know, similar journeys. But then the, the one that we kind of left out was the fact that hopefully maybe if there's lessons that can be taken from our talks that can help people in a relationship not even have to get to that point and not even have to go down that route. Like if there's something that they can pinpoint from things that maybe we highlight that uh, we learned through our journey they're like oh like we're starting to go down that road or I'm starting to go down that road and maybe that's enough for them to to wake up and hopefully make some changes that can can bring a, a positive um, step in mending or rebuilding or strengthening a relationship just as much as you know it would be beneficial for those who have gone through separation and are still trying to work on their relationship as friends or co-parents or you know, exes that just, you know, have to coexist in some form or another. Mm, yeah. 
That's good. I agree. Agree to disagree. No. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah. We go on. Oh, I was just going to say, like again, as well. Like you said, there there are so many people that can look at our situation and say, oh, like, but you guys do this or that so well. That's come through, you know, trial and error. It's come through a lot of that, trial and error. mistakes, or not mistakes, but you know, I mean, like a lot of learning and and growing, especially a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, it, it is something you have to work at, and and it maybe it's something that you need help with, or it's something that you just need another perspective. So again, you know, being able to share on this on this format, hopefully, is, is a great way to um to maybe bring perspective for others and also ourselves. I mean, you know, the amount of times that we do talk, you know, obviously a bit late now, you know, better late than never, but, you know, like look at what it can do and the benefits that it, it, it can yield for us as, you know, co-parents and as, as people that still want the best for each other. So, And I think also like um... – like conversation and talking from a grounded place, I feel like you can learn so much from that. Like even just opening up conversations that at first make you feel uncomfortable or taboo topics or things that you're not sure how someone's going to react. But Mm. when you come from a a grounded place, and I say grounded as opposed to like an attacking or aggressive manner or that you're feeling attacked from someone. Yes. I mean, by being grounded, you can learn more about yourself and the other person, even when you don't agree on it, even when it's not even an outcome that you want. But just by having a conversation, you know, just having a conversation with someone can help you to grow, them to grow, gain new awareness, learn different things. And I feel like, so many like especially obviously for us but so many people that don't actually talk that's where all the the bigger problems lie because there is no conversation to be able to I guess get clear on your expectations or what you want or what you're needing or you know even like couples that struggle with intimacy that don't aren't actually speaking to each other about it they're not speaking to each other that they're feeling lack of intimacy or something's wrong in that department. They kind of just keep going. So I feel like us opening up this dialogue from our dynamic and our experiences and for other people who listen to it, it can really hopefully encourage more people to open up conversation, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's hard, even when it's scary because there's so much value and benefit to that is what I'm, yeah, I'm starting to see and feel and connect with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's, you know, the, the beauty of this day and age with having so many social media platforms and so many different ways of gaining, you know, all these different perspectives like we're talking about is that we've been able to see firsthand from say people that we follow on different platforms of like, wow, I really, you know, really digging what they're putting out or I'm really like something really spoke to me or something that, you know, like we'll, you'll send me stuff all the time that then I'll watch. And there might be something that like, you know, maybe the ego creeps in. I'm like, oh, she's sending that because she thinks that's me. But then I'm like, well, but if she is, I'm like, oh, yeah, like obviously, the, you know, you would be, but then the, the that's the beauty of what we're doing and like you're saying coming from that grounded place where you're sort of pretty secure within yourself that's like if someone like we were married and we've known each other for such a long time that if you're sending me something even if my first instinct is you know feeling a little bit attacked or feeling you know whatever knocked off my high horse I've also got to understand that okay someone that's known me for so long has a pretty good um a pretty good um a, i guess a pretty good state to claim you know i mean you've got you've got a fair bit of influence into okay if you're sending this to me maybe i should actually watch this or maybe i should listen to this and actually you know pull my head in a little bit because if you're sending it it's for a reason and that's what you know that is the beauty of being able to come from that um grounded space that you're talking about that whether we're having conversation or whether you're drawing from someone else's um insight that they're bringing from from their own stuff that 
in some way it's going to be beneficial. Like there's always going to be uh, a, a learning point in it somehow either for us as co-parents and as, as the dynamic that we are or as individuals because at the end of the day it's kind of as much as this is about getting stuff out there for other people there's an element to this in which we're going to grow from it and that's not going to you know ripple on effect and and hopefully benefit our kids um by you know building upon ourselves first and foremost so well i think that's a great uh, is it segue? Is that the right word? Um, I don't know. I'm new to all this. I don't know the, the no. lingo yet. Well, this, I feel like that's a great avenue for us to share a bit more about our journey and where we actually began, I guess. Yeah. Segue. Didn't say, oh, no, segue is the break. Anyway, moving on. doesn't matter. I'll Google it later. Um, so... Yeah, so this is actually really weird to do this on a podcast because obviously we know how we met, but obviously to explain it for anyone who listens. So we met in 2007. I was 17, you were 18, and you added me on MySpace because I was a really cool chick. No, so we met through a mutual friend who had said to me, you have to meet this guy, Um, he's black and he's hot. It was her words. And then she told you what, Benji? That I I had to add you because you were really cool. Exactly, and I am really cool. And so then, yeah, we started on talking on MSN. (laughs) Yes. Wow, that takes me back. Um, yeah, MSN and and the MySpace. Yeah, but we, we didn't. I don't think MS um, MySpace didn't have chat because you just comment on stuff from memory. I don't think you had like private messages. No, there wasn't. There wasn't like a chat thing. But yeah, um, you just comment on how cool someone looked in there, whatever. And that I never made it to your number one spot on your top eight. Ah. Uh. The old t- I had to increase that to the top 15 for a while there. You know, the I politics, think, the MySpace politics, it's real. I think as close as I got, I think I was like fourth. So still, I feel like nothing's changed still because the kids are still ahead of me on that, the top eight, top four, whatever. Um, anyway, moving past that. So, yeah, and then obviously we met at, what was it, the, uh, the green thing? What's the green event? Yeah, it was, it was St. Patrick's Day because... Um, that was when we first physically met. Yeah. In person. Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then obviously we chatted a lot and we'd catch up, obviously, just the two of us. And, you know, actually it's funny, like, looking back on it now, um, like I can see, obviously, and this is what I've said to people before and maybe to you as well, is like when we were 17 and 18, my values, my, like what I was looking for in someone to date or be with, it's very different to who I am or who I was at 24, 27, 29, and now obviously 31. That, and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit too because obviously we're talking about how we got together, but I just want to touch on this, is like, if you don't grow and evolve together in your relationship, then you're going to obviously have issues in your relationship dynamic. And I feel like that was us to a degree because we never fully, because of our own individual stuff that we both obviously worked on, but I don't feel like we ever got beyond that point in a way. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, because we've like even now we've still been able to have a great friendship because we built a great friendship before we got together. But like, do you know what I mean? It's like, well, can you explain the words that I'm able to articulate? Like, yeah, like pretty much what, what it is what you've said. Like, if you, you know, doesn't matter how how long your relationship is, if you're not evolving mm. with it, or or even more to the point, if one person's evolving and the other one isn't. Yes. Um, yeah. That's that's where you know uh, things can, I guess, become more of a challenge, especially if there's not that uh, intimacy through communication, like we've also already touched on. Mm. And coming from where we were 
first of all, starting young, like, I mean, you know, what 17 year olds don't have like the emotional maturity of a, of a 30 something year old, there's not going to be too many, but obviously, you know, you'd hope hey, you'd pick, grow you'd pick all my boxes at 17, even though we didn't get together till like what, 20. Um, well, the first time we weren't together until we were 20 and then actually officially got together at 22. Yeah, I was, I was 20, which is, you know, crazy yeah. in itself, you know, starting, you know, catching up with, with each other really for the purpose of dating at 17 and not actually like officially really dating until 23 for myself. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. But like but, that's what I was going to say is like you – at, when I was 17, ticked my boxes. You were black and you were hot. That's all I needed. And we had fun together. And you ate sushi. Like, <laughs> like that obviously is not a long-term, like, investment. Is that, yeah, is, is that your five-year plan? <laughs> that was my five-year plan. <laughs> and I got it and I was fine and I was happy with that. Like, even, like, when I'd introduce, like, connect with someone like oh my obviously before we were dating my friend he's black and he's hot like and we have so much fun together like that's not a long term um like that's not a good foundation for a long term mm. deep and meaningful intimate relationship dynamic mm. and really, through the years obviously that changed but like then then our relationship didn't really evolve or change Hang on, that's actually making our relationship sound terrible because it's not like that. It was just like it just didn't evolve. Like it, it didn't it evolve, but in and I but guess it evolved like in superficial ways. Yeah, is the way I look at it. And I guess which is what's funny about this is it kind of circles directly back to we need to talk. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to have super deep, uh, maybe you know, probing conversation as seventeen year olds like. You know, what are your life ambitions? You know, what are your thoughts on, you know, uh, family and stuff? Not a lot of 17 year olds are going to have, you know, real, real deep conversation in terms of finding out who that person is at 17. It's like for a lot of people, it's your first probably major proper relationship outside of, say, school stuff for mm -hmm. some. But I think, um, again, it's it, for me on my end, and I guess, you know, as this podcast goes on, we'll delve into lots of stuff. But for me on my end, um, not being uh, very self-aware and very connected within myself meant that um, it was going to be probably very hard on your end as far as uh, for me communicating-wise and therefore evolving. So whilst, yeah, 17 year olds probably not going to have those big talks, obviously it needed to happen at some stage through the dating process so that we can better understand ourselves so then you kind of um, can either grow together or start to grow apart as you need to so, you know, you're not maybe in a relationship you didn't want to be in for, for, for a longer period of time or whatnot. Mm. Um, but, see, even that comes back to we need to talk because no, exactly. especially for women, I can't obviously speak for men, but I can speak for myself and many other women that I connect with and talk about these things with is you don't talk about it in the beginning like you showed me so many red flags that didn't align with me lack of communication lack of organization like when you'd like <laughs> when you would message to organize for sushi and then I'd be waiting for you for like an hour and then finally message you instead of wait you know five ten minutes and going hey how far are you because I was too nervous to or too scared or worried or whatnot to be too direct or too pushy. And you were at home dancing to music and going, oh, shit, I forgot. Like that showed so many times in the early stages of our dating, but more specifically our friendship over the, what, four or five years of like they were things that were important to me, but because I liked you, I ignored them. And I made excuses for it and I just accepted it because I like spending time with you, which obviously I still do. But in terms of like a relationship, you presented to me things that I didn't like and I didn't value. Or I didn't have the conscious, like I didn't have the awareness back mm. then or the connection to it. But obviously looking back on it with clarity now, you presented to me 
all the red flags that then contributed to a portion of our breakdown of a relationship, but I ignored it. I didn't talk to you about it because I didn't want to be pushy. I didn't want to lose you or you not like me because I'm naggy or whatever. <laughs> Even though these were things that were important like, to you. Important. And, yeah. Like you crazy. out at 40 minutes or an hour late to sushi yeah. and it wasn't until I messaged you in 45 minutes later or whatnot to be like, hey, are you still coming? And you go, oops, I forgot. Like, and it yeah. wasn't a fault of anyone. But it was obviously me. But it was because, like, that's not really – that's not acceptable and you wouldn't do that to someone you actually care about, which is crazy because I still remember, like, one of the first things that I loved about hanging out with you was that you were so cruisy about stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I missed it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, like, but the thing is, though, the thing is, like, I actually – like, I genuinely – cared about you. I'm not saying I don't now. I genuinely cared about you. So it's the sort of thing, again, like, which is a massive um, lesson both for our kids but for, for anyone, especially, I guess, women or men. But it's that you you really got to have that um, self-care and self-love and self-respect. Like if you had said, mm-hmm. if you want to keep hanging out with me, don't keep me waiting or you can find yourself someone else to have sushi with, I probably would have pulled my head in and been like, oh, crap. She's because like, it's like she, you know, like I thought she was. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like if if I genuinely cared about you, one, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. But if I genuinely cared about you, and you'd said, "Hey, hey just so, yeah, just just so you know, if that happens again, when you invited me, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 waiting no more than like five minutes, and then you know you you'll be sitting by yourself." Well, then one, if I am a decent friend or a decent human being, <laughs> then, yeah, I, I better, you know, act up and, and, you know, be a man about it. But also, like, if I'm genuinely wanting to, say, date you and wanting to be a long-term thing, well, then I've got to realise that this is something that's important to her and if she's important to me, then I need to respect that more than obviously the level I should have already um, respected, which, again, is, like you say, in circling back to we need to talk. Like, that's the things that... Like you're saying, if it's like, oh, no, I don't want to seem like I'm the pushy one or the naggy one, so I won't. And, I mean, like, again, like the red flags, like there's no difference, obviously, as we continue down our path in relationship and, again, partially came into my own um, hang-ups and and things going on for me uh, emotionally and mentally. But it was a case of like when, you know, you'd – um. I'd come home from work, especially obviously army-wise, and you'd ask how my day was and I'd give you little to, you know, no response other than, yeah, it was fine, it was good or whatnot. Even though for me it was because I didn't, my thing was like I didn't want to bother you with a job that I knew you kind of, you, I knew you hated or I, I didn't want to bother you, I didn't want to bother you with what I, what I felt I was. was yeah, but. My, like that in my head, that's how it was. It was like, I know she doesn't like this job, so why would I then spend like the next 40 minutes or whatnot talking to her about all this stuff that I know she's not like, it's, it's, she doesn't really like? Or if I thought it was just like a, a boring sort of day or an, you know, a nothing day, I'm like, I don't want to bore her with all that stuff, partially because I'm like, I missed you, so I'd rather just talk about you instead. But it was also a case of me. Like, I'm interested in you and I want to know what your day was. Even if it was just like I ate this food at lunchtime and it was so good, like it had this and this and this in it. Like mm. that still shows that you, I'm interested in you. Yeah, you're sharing and, a part of you. you're sharing a part of your life with me yeah. that I, I'm not with. Especially then when you look at like around that and being like, well, obviously for our circumstances, me being in Darwin with no friend network no family or even when we were long distance for what six or seven months like there's no other way for me to engage with you as a, or in other topics really about our days or what we're doing without asking you what your day was and then obviously time when you shut that down shut that down shut down I stop asking and then I just yeah. lose it and then I don't even then I'm not even aware that I'm not actually engaging with you because it's just become a habit to not mm ask and not be interested which we've actually touched on as well so maybe we'll 
talk about that in another yeah, that could be a whole episode in itself but again like yeah. even you know it all still does really does circle back to so it's, i'm glad we named this podcast this but it does circle back to the we need to talk like in terms of obviously if you are in that place where you can say hey when you don't give me anything when you come home like that it's actually hurting me or it's actually yeah, i'm doing this and then obviously that might start the dialogue of, oh, I'm sorry, the reason why I never want to tell you about this is because I think it's this. And then mm-hmm. that starts to open up maybe what's going on in your head, what's going on in my head. And then that's when you can bring a much clearer and full picture of what's going on for both parties. You bring that to the table in the middle, you stir that up and now you've got yourself a nice little bowl or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah. obviously that's where, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Or come to an agreement or a compromise of like, you know, even for you in in, for that as the example as as that's what we're talking about. If you're coming home going like, I don't really want to talk about it because I know you don't agree with it or whatever. Um, And plus I'm tired. I just want to spend time with you. So how about when I get home, I'll just give you like 10 minutes or something of what I did, a brief just so you know what like I've done. And then let's move on and do something a bit more. So then it's still like I'm yeah. bringing you into my life of what when I'm not with you and sharing my day with you because I know that's important for you. But I don't really want to talk about it in great depth because I've just experienced it for what, eight, nine hours, whatever your days, long days were. Mm. Um, and I just want to be here with you, but I'm willing to give you this and then let's move past it and let's do something else. So then I'm still feeling validated and that you want to include me in your, well, it's your life because obviously you spent a lot of more time at the army and like, that's why we used to call it your, your second wife. wife. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like I'm a part of it with you, but then also we compromise it in what your boundaries are of like not wanting to come home and just talk about what you just experienced for eight or nine hours. You know, or, you know, and we can, you can adapt this to any area of your life when you've had a hard day at work and you come home and your partner's like, what did you do today? Who'd you see? What did, what did you have for lunch? And you just feel bombarded. Then have a conversation about it. Open mm. up the dialogue, come to a compromise of like, when I get home, can you just let me have a shower, take off my, you know, my work clothes and just sit for a moment so I can collect my thoughts. Then ask me how my day is. Don't ask me as soon as I work on the, walk in the door. Or, or walk, ask me when I walk in the door, let's talk about it, but after I've had a shower, let's move on and let's not talk about what I did at work or something. So then you have a clear understanding of both people's awareness and connection to how you want to communicate your day or whatnot. And then also you have boundaries and respect those boundaries where people don't want to share about it if it's been a stressful day or a full-on day and you don't want to come home and then re... What, what's the word? Re retash it out or whatever um yeah yeah and i think i think in line with that um which again this would be another whole topic in itself and it's something that i know is um big for you well i know now learned through our experience but the whole like actions speak louder than words as well is that unfortunately when you do those like you're saying when it becomes such a regular action for you that speaks to you as you know, he doesn't want to be, in, you know, be involved, doesn't want to open up or, or whatnot. So then you stop, you start shutting down and stop giving your, that bit of yourself that you were giving mm-hmm. when, you know, and again, this, this, you know, goes straight into being a parent just as much as being a partner because it's no different to, you know, if your kid came home, whether they go to kindy or whether it's homeschooling or whatnot, if your kid's coming up to you with a, a, a drawing that looks like absolutely nothing to you, but they're telling you exactly what it is and they're excited, um, you know, if you don't welcome that with open arms, eventually they'll stop bothering to show you because, like, they're giving a piece of themselves to you yeah. and you're not reciprocating, um, you know, in whatever sort of love language they need, but you're not reciprocating. So obviously coming back to our dynamic, unfortunately, like, my actions of um, coming in the door and not giving you that piece of me that like you're saying, like being, whether you're being isolated by being, you know, in a, in a remote location or even if you were, you know, living together in whatever city um, for anyone's circumstance. But if someone's missed you 
and obviously they have if you're in a relationship they've missed you for that time that they've been away they want to give that piece of themselves and they want to receive that piece of you um almost to feel whole again from from being apart because obviously when you you know in love that's kind of what it's like and so when you're not when you're missing that and you keep missing it especially if it's like a you know a day-to-day job so every single time either partner comes home from wherever and you you miss that connection like you're saying those actions are going to start speaking that whether they you, you know you're just not willing to be open or you're just not wanting to receive or whatever it is to the point where the other person's going to shut down yeah. um and i think you know massive lesson learned there um but you know again comes back to one we need to talk because like we're saying when you come to the table and you can express what your needs are and why you want to uh, you know find out about that person's day and like you're saying then you can work out well let's let's can we have a shower together or can we start making dinner and i can tell you after dinner or i can tell you whenever or i can just give you a quick snippet if you want and then we can go into doing something we want to do together mm-hmm. but it's also um you know the fact that you're talking about the bigger issue is you're talking about your needs um and it, it the other thing is that when you do we need to talk instead of going about your own way or for you, you're not falling under assumptions because yeah. like the, the, the crazy part about it was like being away from you I missed you too and I wanted my entire day all I'm doing is watching the clock so I can come home to you because that's like the best part about living especially when like you know you're together like that and so the last thing I would say any like again I'm going to come from a man's perspective when you're truly, truly in love with someone, the last thing you're wanting to do is hurt them, hope, you know, hopefully. And so, it, like, your actions are hurting them. But until you're aware of it, and, and you know, like, you've got to take responsibility as the man to, to understand that just as much as, um, say, the other party can come to the table and um, communicate it. But once, you, once you're aware of it, I'm... I'm pretty like I'm I'm ninety something percent certain that most men are going to find a way to to rectify that and change what they need to change. Like if you come to me and say, or came to me and said, you know, look, every time that you brush past me, when I'm open, you know, when I'm greeting you at the door, greeting you in the kitchen to see how your day was, and you know, you kind of give me a, a you know a three word answer, that really hurts. If I'm any kind of man. Sounds judgmental, but if I'm any kind of man, I'm probably going to take that on and really try and work on that. And but but obviously in line with that, there's plenty of times where you have communicated things to me and had communicated things to me, and I, I still didn't make the changes like, needed. Yeah. So it comes to that self awareness. Um, I say that. You know, that's a massive, massive, um, massive bit of self awareness that's got to come from either party. But I think mm. for me personally, again with this podcast, one of the things that I would really want to push is uh increasing self-awareness in in the male dynamic within relationships obviously when we're talking about um i mean i suppose you know not being in a same-sex relationship i you know i can't really speak to that but I'm, you know there's there be elements that there's elements that's going to be the same no matter what relationship you're in yeah. like not only really speak from the from the male and from my own lived experience but a lot of talks that I've had with other men and and even other couples is there there are similarities in the, the lack of awareness sometimes men have within their dynamic. And like we said from the very beginning of this podcast of one, if we're, we know we're helping people, hopefully helping people maybe go through their own um, uh, separation journey. But for me, a big one is helping people hopefully not have to get there in the first place if that's the, on the cards for them. And for me, obviously, uh, a big part of that is going to be, uh, you know, the awareness in, in men to maybe wake up because I can, I honestly feel like I slept through our relationship. That's what it feels like now, having a lot more awareness of like, you, you know, like you, you don't want to be sleeping through some of the best times in your life. So it's kind of one is up to us as, as men to to wake up to that, and um, hopefully maybe if someone's listening to this, then that's that's you know the start of their their awakening, so to speak, to their relationship. Because you know, you know, as much as much as co-parenting and being on podcasts and stuff is cool, mm. <laughs> obviously if you can 
you know, if, if you can avoid a separation, I feel like that's probably the better option. If that's if you're in a place to do so, as as a couple, both parties need to be in or a place. If to do you that. decide that it that is the right choice for you, you can separate amicably and with yeah. and compassion and understanding for each other. Because some people like awareness still needs to happen, which we've spoken up many times, is like we came together. But I definitely feel like our purpose and our role for each other was more to experience that hardship and really, you know, challenging stuff and for our children as well. But it wasn't necessarily for us to do the long run together um, because I feel like you and I work so much better as being the dynamic that we are now which is like deep friendship. And this is what I was explaining to someone else recently. It's like you and I are family, like, and obviously we're family because of the kids and everything. But like, I feel it and see you as being like, you know, one of my best friends and a family member. And I don't feel like that has to be in the way of an intimate husband and wife dynamic. But I, I feel like some people come together to have children or for whatever reason, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to do the long run for life intimate partners. So hopefully then if you did decide to separate, you can still separate with respect and compassion and understanding for each other. You don't just because you separate and something isn't working that then you choose to separate and you choose to separate from pain and anger and then hold on to that and that hatred for each other, whereas hatred's just coming from pain. So if you can release that pain and just realize that you came together to learn something, to experience something, and then it's time to dissolve that dynamic, then you can still do it from a place of, well, it comes back to that groundedness again, awareness for and appreciation for what that relationship brought for you, what the lesson and experience brought to you, even if there was pain, even if there was trauma, for you personally, for your life experiences, try and view it in a way that's still supportive for your life experience. If, um, yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I, that's not to, that's not to diminish the amount of work that that would take, depending on how people have had to separate as well. Like sort of where, where. Well, we're about to hit four years officially separated, but obviously there was, you don't just wake up one morning and go, yeah, let's separate today. So obviously that yeah. was building up for quite some time. But if official separation is coming up to four years soon. So, and like we've only, I feel like we've only really, really, really deeply been able to communicate effectively and efficiently this year. Like it's been building there, but like I feel like you are more in a place to hear and receive what I communicate to you. And I say that because I'm actually seeing your actions in receiving that. Do you understand what I mean by that? Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously it takes time and also takes a lot. Not even so much that it takes time. It takes more of you going deep within yourself. Yeah. Well, that, that was what I was going to add to that is that it's there's um. And that's what I was saying, what I was sort of getting at in terms of not belittling the fact that um, it's one thing for us to say it here in a podcast, but it's another thing to actually have to go and walk the walk. Yeah. And depending on how people are separating, like you're saying, like depending on whether they're coming from a place of pain and distrust and all sorts of things that can happen. And and both the other side of maybe it is just an amicable breakup. There, there's still elements of there's a lot of work as an individual you, you're doing you know, ongoing for the rest of your life, but also, you know, you've got to kind of do um, maybe before you can be in that place to to come back to the table and have those discussions with, with that um, ex-partner or, or whatnot. Because, um, yeah, like it's like you say, like, and that's the big thing for me, like you're saying, like it's kind of this year a lot of things have started to click for me and that's only been able to happen when I've kind of really had to go, you know, walk away and I guess, you know, pull my head in a bit and be like, okay, like you really need to have a look at what is working, what isn't working and and have a look at why something isn't working 
and what do you want for your future? Again, obviously, especially having kids, you know, do I want to be making the same mistakes I made in our marriage with my relationship with our two or no? And then in even, you know, more so than that, of like, okay, like there were, there were mistakes that I made in our marriage that were actually to do with my relationship with myself. Don't want to keep making those mistakes because then all that's going to do is sabotage not only your, yours and my dynamic as co-parents, but obviously my dynamic with my kids, my dynamic with my family, and my dynamic with any future relationships I, you know, want to enter into. Because that's the other thing too is obviously, you, you know, if you you separate, most people obviously at some stage probably want to be in a relationship again and don't want to make go down the same path they went on the other time. So there's, you know, unless you unless you do have that deeper start doing that deeper work you kind of you're going to be destined to make the same mistakes if you haven't learned from it the first time yeah I was gonna that's what I was gonna add is like you and this is coming from my personal experience from uh, after us and looking back on my history with dating and stuff and then even since then the, the minimal dating that I've been in and like realizing the pattern of attracting similarities and it wasn't until then I reflected on myself and got clarity and connection and understanding what in me is allowing this to be mirrored back to me for why these people have or these males have the same traits and or similarities. Because obviously before you I was in um, an abusive relationship, but you never abused me. But yet the, there's traits there that were still similar because – the the dynamic of the relationships of not feeling heard not feeling valued not feeling worthy not feeling appreciated not feeling seen all those things even though you weren't abusive and the one before like the guy that I updated obviously before you was the the tra- there's there's still similar traits and similar qualities and then obviously after you I dated someone for the same similar period as you are aware and similar things So it wasn't until I reflected on myself to get clear on why is it, what is in me that's attracting this same stuff so that I no longer attract it anymore. And I had to do a lot, a lot, a lot of work on that awareness and clearing it. And I feel like that's a really important thing from what you were saying is like, you want if you want to get into another relationship, you have to work on why the previous relationship didn't work out. Even if you were ended up friends and it just ended, still learn from whatever happened in that relationship dynamic. What can you work on for yourself and gain clarity and connection awareness for yourself, but also to, you know, be a better version of yourself after mm-hmm. the relationships end. Because there's some if relationship is ending, even though it can be a good thing or a bad thing, or you have a good connection to it or a bad connection to it, or whatever words you want to associate to it, you can still learn something from it to be a better version of yourself for yourself, but also for other people that you connect with in a relationship. Absolutely, I think I think you nailed it too there when you said like a better <laughs> version of yourself, but. Don't, don't get all of you. Just take it. No, but like, I think you nailed it because like when you said, you know, in terms of wanting to be a better version of yourself for yourself, like I think what you kind of, what another, you know, the revelation I guess that I've had to sort of come to as well, like, you know, having, trying to date or dating say after us and everything or even trying to at times, you know, when we were going through our stuff, trying to fix I'm doing the air quotes you can't see fix um us is that it's got to <laughs> but like you, you've got to do it for you and then the, the good relationship that you're wanting is kind of almost just the cherry on top hmm. like if you're kind of coming out of a relationship or in a relationship and you just want that relationship to work and all this sort of stuff but you're almost like you, you're you're burying all your stuff because you want your relationship to be good that's not going to work yeah um and obviously that's a big part of our breakdown was because that's exactly what i would do yeah and again that's going to come back to the the awareness in self um again i can only come from the male perspective but the awareness in yourself to understand who you are and what your needs are and 
how do you love? How do you receive and give love? You know, where have you learned to give and receive love? Obviously, you know, like without getting all Freudian and whatnot, but, you know, going, you know, the, you know, what was your mum and your dad like and how did they show love, how did they give you and show you love and all that sort of stuff. Once you have a, a, a better, you're not going to have a great, but, you know, a, a better understanding, a better grasp of you as that sort of person, then you kind of know where you probably, probably need to work on because realistically, like if we all went away and actually had a look at ourselves, we'd know if we were the greatest communicator or not. We'd know if we were, you know, an intimate, you know, in terms of tactile, like touching or not into touching, you know, whether it's you no know, public display of affection. And then you, you, you pretty, hopefully you know what your partner's like in terms of, you know, if your partner likes the public display of affection or they like to just talk and cuddle or whether they, you know, whatever it is. Again, coming back to that self-awareness, then you can build upon yourself to understand and love yourself and be in a really good place with yourself. And that's what's going to help attract what you actually want out of a partner. And then hopefully you're in that relationship that is the better one to be in, um, which is kind of the cherry on, like I'm saying, the cherry on top because you're in a better place within yourself first. Um so whether you know that 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 relationship or the one comes along, they might not come along for like a year. It might be real quick, and it's six months, or it might be five years. But if you're in a good place within yourself, that's what you're going to radiate. And then maybe that's when you can break some of the cycles of like you're saying of attracting the same as what you just attracted in that last relationship, which you already know didn't work. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I just, I, I mean, because I thought of it before and then you kept talking and then I forgot about it, but I just want to dial back a little bit to um, when you were talking about, like, coming home from your day. Um, yeah. And, then, again, obviously just opening up that dialogue and that conversation and hearing each other's about, you know, one partner's mm-hmm. wanting to hear about the other person's day and then you're shutting them down and stuff. But yeah. another thing that can be taken into all areas of your life is, you don't have the right to make the decision for someone. Mm. Yes. You don't have that right. And I, even for me, when I came to that realisation and make and making choices for other people as an example of like, oh, I should invite this person to something, oh, they won't want to go. Yeah. I don't yeah. have the right to make that decision yeah. for somebody. And so since yeah. I... It's something... Yeah, and since I've stopped doing that and I've actually just put it out to people, it's been, like, so rewarding in the way of, like, okay, well, sometimes, obviously, they decline it or say no or whatever, whatever it is. But a lot of the time people are, like, or I have had positive feedback of, like, oh, I'd love to come to that thing. Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah. In the beginning I was, like, oh, they probably won't want to come or I don't want to bother them or I don't, like, or I've just met this um, like the like you know, I went to that Latin night the other night, and I went with someone who I I didn't really have a close relationship with, and blah blah. And at first, I was like, oh, I don't like we don't really know each other. I don't want to. And then I was like, no, I don't want to make that. I can't make that decision for her. I think she might like it. So anyway, I sent it to her, and she was so excited and so appreciative that I included her in it. And then we talked about it, and we're like, okay, are we friends now? And like, then we had a conversation again. Like, we need to talk. We had hmm. a conversation of like how do adults make friends, and I'm like, I want, I really want to be friends with you, but like I didn't know how to approach this, and we just had, we just opened up the dialogue, and we're like, well, I want to be friends, and we're just like, this is so weird to be adults and not know how to make friends with adults, but I'm like, but at least we can have this conversation and know that we both want to be friends, and it just takes all that guessing work away, you know. Coming back to that, like, we need you, to talk. no, that you don't have the right to make a choice of something, someone. So you coming yeah. from work going, oh, she doesn't want to hear about it. You've taken my voice away. So not mm. only are you shutting me down because I don't ask you about your day because I want to know about your day and you shut me down by not saying or not including me in your day. So then you're actually shutting me down, not validating that I am interested. And then you're taking my voice away. So when you think about it in that way with someone that you love and you care about and you have a relationship with them, that you're taking their voice away, you are blocking them, you're shutting them down and you're not validating them. They are not healthy traits to have in a relationship dynamic. They are not good foundation for a long-term, respectful, intimate 
loving, caring relationship. And I'm not saying if you do that, you don't love someone, but you, but it's not going to, you know, withstand the test of times, if you want to call it that, mm. a long-term relationship. So, again, I just want to state that again. Voice, You're not validating them. You're shutting them down and you're blocking them. That is not the recipe for a healthy relationship. Mm. And we've moved past that for us, but I felt like you did that a lot to me during our relationship and even prior to our relationship maybe a little bit, but more obviously when we were together, you did that a lot. And you have said that since then in conversations of I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to bore you with it or I didn't want to. I didn't think you would like it or I didn't think you'd want to hear about it or. Yeah. Or and there's so many layers to that. Yeah. From both a masculine and from a personal level. Like mm-hmm. I find, I, I feel like like a big part of that is like the masculine ego of wanting to protect. But yeah. then, you know, that's where, again, the circling back to, we need to talk. That's where obviously coming from a grounded and healthy place in the relationship of like we're saying from before of coming to the table and, like I read somewhere a good quote of like let you know let let your wife be the best teacher about her or about her love you know what I mean like that's where you've really got to delve into like how do you want to be received or how do you, you know what I mean like it might have that might have been the exact thing for maybe a past relationship someone might have not wanted to know about your work because they really couldn't give two shits mm-hmm. but in the in, you know what I mean like in each in each relationship dynamic. You've got to find out what it is that that makes your partner tick because what worked in one relationship won't work in another or what worked with, say, your sister or your brother or your or your, your cousin from, you know, like, or, you know, you, you, sometimes people are going to gauge how to be with the opposite sex or offer, obviously, past experiences mm-hmm. rather than going to the source and going to that individual person that they love and just and having that dialogue of what is yeah. it, what do you need? And I think um, part of that is like I'm saying, like that awareness as, as, as males here within this space of sometimes we'll do things because we think we're protecting mm-hmm. our partner because there is that innate and, you know, primal want and need to protect our, our women. But in doing so, we're doing more damage because we're not doing it the right way. You know, if I want to protect you, then I need you to feel safe. And the way for you to feel safe is to be in a relationship where you're heard, seen, you know, nurtured in the right way and, and protected by being um, supported. If I'm not those things, then even though I think I'm doing the right thing, I'm missing the mark completely. Yeah, but maybe using that saying the right way isn't, I feel the best way to explain it. I feel more of like the supportive way or the, well, the right way for that person is what I mean. Yeah. Like in terms of the right way, that's what I was saying before in terms of the right way for, for you to feel loved is going to be different than the right way for another woman to feel loved or mm-hmm. even someone from the same family or even from one relationship to another. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like what I meant by the right way was the right way, like, like your needs at that time. Yeah. Right. Like, meeting your needs at that time or our needs as a relationship at that time. Like how do you make that work as opposed to like you're saying, coming in and making assumptions based on what I'm going on in my own head of how I need to protect you by not boring you or not giving you stuff that you don't want to hear about rather than letting you come to that decision. I might talk to you and after a couple of minutes, you'd be like, can we change the subject? This is the most boring thing you've ever told me in the world, but it's come from you, not from me. Therefore, you know, you've at least had a say in that and had, you know, been empowered to have that come from your own. But in, even so, even by, by having like a two-minute boring conversation, it's still probably more connection or probably it is more connection as a couple than being brushed off. Well, that's and then, mostly you know, conversation is wanting to have connection. Yeah. In some way, shape or form, whether it be family, children, a random person in the street, a lot of communication stems to connection. And so when you block that communication pathway, you're blocking that connection. Even if it's platonic or, you know, a family member, like I said, like it doesn't matter which dynamic it is with the conversation, 
the the mostly the the root or the the main underlying thing is to create a connection with someone so if you block that from people well sorry you're blocking the connection and that's what I feel like so many relationships and that's again all we can you can adapt this for all relationship dynamics not just obviously a husband and wife dynamic or a dating relationship is when you don't open up that dialogue to have conversations and have conversations through the hard topics, the challenging topics, you know, all, all the full spectrums of conversations, you're impacting your connection with each other. Mm. Yeah. So um, we've nearly been talking for an hour. Yeah, I was just so, about to, Unagi, I was just about to say that. I know. Um, so how should, what's the best way to close this chapter up? Well, I think there's so many layers to it. So we might need to revisit maybe some of the main points, whether you want to revisit, say red flags. So I feel like we'd still kind of going back to how we together because we made it to the first few years. Um, it's, all, it's all connected. It's all full circle. But yeah, maybe we can we can um, re- revisit this the the ongoing story of um, how we got to be where we are, mm-hmm. and um, we can kind of maybe just pick a few few uh, glaring issues from that that kind of really sort of speak to well, we could the just go spectrum to- of of relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the next chapter was the uh, mm-hmm. first time that we started to get together, and you went to Bali. We could open up. Yeah, that that definitely ties into what we were just talking about as far as assumptions and um, making um, decisions based on without again without the we need to talk. Uh, um, I feel like this uh, this title really worked well. Kudos, kudos to us. And someone could also turn it into a drinking game. So (laughs) take a shot every time you say we need to talk. not that, not that we are condoning a binge drinking in yeah, any way. Neither form. drink alcohol, so it'd be a pointless game for us. Government, um, if you're listening, we do not condone those sorts of behaviors. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So maybe that's what we can cover next. Next. Yep. Class. I like it. Um, yeah. The 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 issues. The yeah. Probably that's the best. That's probably the better word. The issues that came about, obviously, when we did start to change from a friendship to a dating dynamic, but then also why we had a hiccup. And then it was still like, what, a year and a bit? What? Yeah. And then obviously, even in that itself, the first year of us dating also had many speed bumps. And then we didn't even make it like official after making it official until later in the year. So, um, Yes, yeah, so I think we'll cover that. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot. I think maybe we need to change it, change it from we need to talk to just the dirty laundry segment. <laughs> Air it all out. Air it out. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, awesome. So we'll leave it there. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Benjamin. And thank you, everyone, for coming to our TED Talk because that's my, mm-hmm. my intention with this is being a TED Talk. Um, no, but ser- on a serious note, yeah. So if you uh, enjoy this podcast, please let us know. Um, I can only assume that if you've found this podcast, you've found it through either of our Instagrams, um, which mine is at D- divine, D-I-V-I-N-E underscore life underscore alchemist. And Benjamin, which one's your Instagram account that you you do? We will link it on yours because right okay. now I can't think of what mine is. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, so just um, if you haven't found us through Instagram, uh, yeah, connect with us on my Instagram, divine underscore life underscore alchemist, um, or type in Misha Jade, M-I-I-S-H-A and then Jade, J-A-D-E. Um, and if you any questions or feedback or anything you'd like us to delve into deeper or a topic that you'd like us to cover, um, please feel free to DM me on Instagram um, and we will definitely cover it, won't we, Ben? Because nothing's really off off the table. 
Well, too late now, isn't it? What? Nothing's off the table now. No, but I think the big one, like you said, is uh, if people have questions or even if something from what we spoke about um, resonates with you or, or, or the other way around, you know, like you might hear something you're like, nah, not true, and you, you want to, you know, you want to talk about that some more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm definitely open to, to all perspectives for sure. Because yeah, all, all of it helps us to grow. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah. I think that's probably about it. Maybe until next time. Yeah. Um, just for my OCD, can you end it on 6161? <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, no. Oh, I already missed it. Oh, no. Yeah. It doesn't count. <laughs> my bad. I need to go. Yeah. Okay. No, Good night. All right. Until Thanks for listening. Time, we don't need to talk. <laughs> we always need to talk. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to We Need to Talk podcast first episode. Ben and I hope that you were able to take away some aha moments and that you enjoyed this first episode. Please feel free to reach out and connect with us. If there's any specific topics you would like to cover, please let us know. And if you have any questions, also please feel free to message us. My Instagram, which is the easiest way to connect with either Ben or me, is at divine underscore life underscore alchemist. Talk soon. Thank you.